0: This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, this is Annie Grace with this Naked Mind podcast, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, we have just an awesome naked life story from Liz. So Liz, welcome.
1: Hi, thank you.
0: I wherever you are it looks really cool. Like your background looks super yeah, cool.
1: It it is super cool. I'm at work uh, um in my full-time role in um actually I'm in Westlake, Ohio, which is on the west side of Cleveland, Ohio, where I live.
0: Oh nice. That building is awesome. Yeah, yep.
1: we have a very very cool campus. I'm very blessed with an amazing job that I love. Yeah. Oh,
0: that's so cool. Yeah. How fun. And you just have a great smile. You're like Thanks. I just bring good energy. It's so fun. Um, right. <laughs> so, yeah. Why don't you just go way back and, and, you know, back to the, the early days, you know, first okay. drinks, stuff like that. Okay. Well,
1: I am, um, I guess I've been, I wasn't much of like a high school drinker or anything like that. College is probably when it really, um, started, and i would definitely as much as i'm not a fan of labels i hate labels (laughs) um i would call myself a binge drinker definitely i was um one of those that were in in it to win it like when i was going out i was going out full force planning the whole whatever around it knowing the days i was going out um and that just kind of rolled through um college and then into early um, marriage and then definitely when the kids were little um, i have four children so i guess technically one's still little she's seven so they span from 15 13 10 and 7 so we've always um <clears> have <throat> always been busy with the kids they're very very active and have lots going on which is a great thing but so that always so the drinking just kind of kept rolling with everything you know that i did um, i worked in the bars early on um which is you know that's just a Miserable lifestyle. I always say that it's something I feel like everybody should work in the service industry because it builds great customer service skills and everything. But you work it and you got to get out of it because it's just that leads it's nothing good happens after 2 a.m. I always say there's no good and I keep bumping that up. Nothing good after midnight, nothing good happens after 11. Now I'm like, nine, (laughs) nine,
0: it's all over at nine. Yeah,
1: it's (laughs) done at nine. (laughs) Um, So then um, it, it just kept just rolling, like as usual, you know, so um, I woke up just um, a few, well, I guess it's not a few short months ago now, but nine, almost nine short months ago on January 1st, And I was like, I'm just not, I'm not doing this anymore. I kind of just reevaluated yeah. and knew the bad was outweighing the good. And I just didn't want to wake up feeling that way anymore. So I, um, it, it kind of worked out where I, I had planned it. I blogged about it, I talked about it in my mind, never shared it with anyone, you know, um, about wanting to not drink, but oh my gosh, that was terrifying, you know, just all the, that came with it, because like I said, I'm not a big fan of labels, so I didn't want it to be like, oh, you're an alcoholic, that's why you're not drinking, Um, but I knew on that morning, after having all those thoughts, that that was the end of it, and it wasn't like there was a big event, like nothing, like the the bottom didn't fall out. I don't have a good like rock bottom story or anything like that. I just knew that morning. I had actually gone out the night before and there had been events, you know, drinking events and drinking situations that um, had negative effects on me and on my family and on my kids. You know, the typical, the the mom shame, all that, you know. Um, I, I laughed because when I first started reading the book, the 3 a.m wake up oh my gosh it was like you were I had earbuds in listening to it I was like oh my god she's like is she here talking to me right now (laughs) (laughs) is she in my bedroom with me (laughs) like it was just everything like blaring at me so um so um there was just just events that I didn't like the way they happened like I said the bad outweighed the good um I blog about one where I my girls play club volleyball and I had um gotten just not not planning on it just a full day of volleyball so no eating all day and then went out with a team for dinner and I had just gotten absolutely wasted like three martinis and blown away to where I'm like I was a happy drunk and I'm running through the hotel and going up the escalator backwards but I'm with my you know at the time 13 and nine-year-old daughters that are like what is going on like you know And I remember the next morning in that hotel, just waking up and having to go back to day two of the tournament, just thinking, what the F? Like, what are you doing, you know? And just so many of those moments that had me stopping to thinking, I remember, you know, just sitting in a hallway at that tournament thinking, why can't you stop doing this? Like, what is it that's not letting you stop doing this? Yeah. So, um, that January 1st was just another one of those mornings. It was just like a, why can't you stop doing this? It was, you know, I had gone out just expecting to be out for a couple hours, which turned into, you know, I was still home before midnight and passed out, but then I, I missed out on so much with the kids again, you know, I was missing their, their little, well, at the time my oldest daughter wasn't little anymore, but I ha- one of my biggest regrets that I can't go back and change today those years when there's such babies, like in those years that I was pushing them away, like I was planning how I was going to, you know, get, you know, so any, me and my husband could go out, anybody could go out, you know, I was planning where they were gonna go, you know, after a basketball game, my kids play basketball too. So I'd be thinking in the beginning of the week, who can watch them after the game so we can go out after the game. And I'm just wishing that time away with them. And I think that, was another big factor that just like still guts me that like I, I, those were my thoughts. Like why would, I mean, don't get me wrong. You, you need your time away from your kids. Like I totally firmly believe that, um, but.
0: But it, it did, it, I, you know, it's so interesting, Liz, because I've never really thought about this until you saying it now. And as you're saying it, like I'm, I literally have chills because yeah. I'm like, I did that. Like oh, I did that totally. so many All the time. times and it felt like the last thing you said was my reason it was mm-hmm. like oh but we all need our time I need to protect who I am I need to make yeah. myself you know what I mean but but like 18 years and, and let's be honest it's more like they're in your house but they're not and like yeah. yeah so that time is like so short and you have your whole rest of your life and then I talk mm-hmm. to all these women who you know now have an empty nest and like yeah. they're on the other side of it and they're just like devastated yeah that they didn't spend more time with their kids and like it was so that way like we just somehow that belief has gotten really strong that yeah. somehow we need to maintain our you know college freedom lifestyle <laughs> going out whatever yeah, yeah. And, but like the only person we're stealing from well i guess we're stealing from our kids but we're really stealing from ourselves yeah, like
1: totally. yeah no you know, yeah, that was huge. That was definitely huge. And um, I, I just saw a quote, a couple, I don't know, you know, one of those that roll through Instagram, but, um, and I think I reposted it, but we get 18, like you said, 18 um, summers with our kids. And and there's another one gone. Like my oldest daughter is a sophomore in high school, which kills me. Like, it just hurts my heart to say that because I know I have, you know, and what kind of example am I setting when I'm watching her work her butt off, and then I'm, I'm deciding how she can take the little kids home and watch them so I can go out with the parents and get hammered, you know? And I'm, and I'm planning rides based on, well, when can I take them? But I don't wanna pick them up because I'm, I'm gonna start drinking. So I don't wanna pick you up, you know? And so I'm missing all that. So I think that was just a huge wake up. And it just happened to coincide with January 1st, which is what a good a time as any, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I woke up on January 1st. I have a good friend, um, Kathleen that had, had stopped drinking. And so I just woke and she was at funny enough. She was one of my go to go out girls. Like if I knew I needed a good night, like she was, she's, you know, how you have your go to people, you know, are going to be in it with you. She's one still, even though, and she had quit drinking too. So it was good timing. Um, which is good, I guess. And then um, we started podcasting together, her and I, and we were just like talking about what we were, what we're going through, you know, how all the things that you talk about in the book, all of us that stop that our moms talk about, I mean, it's just all that thing, all that stuff. And I remember January. (laughs) So she told me about your book. So, of course, Audible on it, downloading it, had the earbuds in. That's really what got me through those first couple months. Every podcast, every audiobook, I literally have walked around with headphones in my ears for the past, you know, just that's what kept me focused and going. So, I remember listening to your book, like, January 2nd or 3rd, and I was laying in bed, like, going to sleep and trying to go to sleep, you know, because that's a whole other bag of <laughs> junk, but... um. And I, I wrote it down and I'm looking at my notes cause I took pages of notes of the book. <laughs> and So uh, even in the intro in the, I never even got through like the intro where you're saying um, in the beginning, how um, you could even just, maybe you just want to cut back to once a week or maybe you just want to slow down in your drinking and maybe this book is for you. And it, it was almost like a, I was justifying, like, cause that was always my thing, oh, I'll cut back. Oh, I'll slow down and so when I heard that you say that in the book I was like I can't listen to this right now because that's just making it okay for me to cut back and I don't want to cut back I want to be done so um, I came back to the book then in uh, a couple months later when I felt more secure about just being done and then was able to took it all in minutes <laughs> in a couple days read it all and loved it um, but those were like I said I just got through the intro I hadn't even gotten to chapter one and I was already like mind blown with everything in there which was just amazing so that was just so thank you for that That was oh, of amazing. yeah cool yeah so um so then we just kept podcasting about how we were feeling like I think I had some crazy um like images in my mind of how not drinking was going to be so amazing I was going to sleep so fabulous and I was going to feel so good and all that, and and I work out regularly and run and do CrossFit, so I was like, my workouts are gonna be just awesome and blah, 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 and it none of it was happening. <laughs> and I was like, why did I do this? Like, what is wrong? Why is this not, why am I not sleeping? Why is the anxiety, what is going on? So we kind of just talked about that through the podcast, kind of like those step, like all those things you're going through when you have to go out with people and they're like, why are you not drinking? Like the first time, you know, like I said, I quit in January, which is like the peak of basketball season, which is a very stressful time in our home. And we go out with the parents after, you know, every game. And so we go to the same like restaurant bar. And I did do, like you say in the book, I did keep doing everything the same as I was doing. Like I didn't cut friends out or anything like that. So um, I remember ordering my first, the first time we went out after a game and I was going to, I like, I knew what I was going to order. It was going to look like a drink. Like I wasn't going to have to explain it because it was going to have a lime in it. And it was going to kind of look like the Prosecco with cranberry that I love. And so uh, I ordered water. And when it came to my turn to order, it was like the whole table, like the whole place got quiet. Like there was, I was like, what? It's usually so loud in here and there's nothing. There's a million people talking at once. And now the one time I'm gonna order water with soda and cranberry, the place is gonna like shut up. And so, and, I, and was like everyone turned and looked at me, right? When I said water and they, and, and it, I mean, I ordered it and they were all like, what, what are you doing? Oh, you're doing a cleanse. Oh, you're, you're gonna run tomorrow. And I was like, no, I think I'm just, I'm done, you know?
0: And like good I said, for you, by the way, wow,
1: you done, yeah, you're just done, um, but, like I said, I hate labels, so I, I was like i'm not i don't I don't think I'm an alcoholic, I don't know if I'm a drunk, and so I just was like, I'm just my good friend said to me, you know what, you're just retired from drinking, you're just Perfect. retired and and that's pretty much what I say now, like that's I, I the that. elevator pitch down, you know like. I, bad, I've
0: never heard that before that's huge just retired yeah. from drinking
1: yeah so it's just the bad outweighed the good and I retired from drinking and I went out like any good professional athlete does on top of my game <laughs> you know I did it my
0: duty You know
1: I, I put in my time and now <laughs> I'm just retired from it. And, it and I've never looked back and it's been awesome just amazing all good
0: so, so um, I have so many questions for you. First of all, um, just to commiserate a little bit, I, for the first time ever, this summer had a, a kid old enough to do a competitive sport. So he did baseball. Oh, gosh. and
1: That's like a whole nother, like I said, bag of junk.
0: <laughs> yeah, sports. and I, I, I should have had an inkling. I mean, really, especially with the work I do, but yeah. I hadn't been in it. I hadn't been the person sitting on the stands with the camelback full of bloody mary's being passed around saying oh i'm I'm good i got my kombucha you know like i was like whoa and then all of a sudden they all clicked together and then this click was going to all these bars and i'm like oh my gosh like this is like this activity is a drinking activity for parents like oh totally it it was incredible to me and I, I didn't feel like, I I didn't really feel left out. I didn't feel a lot of judgment. I think, I mean, I'm obviously like really passionate about what I do. And so I, right. I um I felt a lot of like, just um, I think what I felt more than anything was I remember, yeah I remember feeling like, man, so we didn't, nobody snuck in the beers. Oh, this is going to be a long game. Yeah. You know? And then I also was fully present in the like, wow, this is incredible. Like my my husband has the baby. I'm the one taking my nine-year-old to this game. I just get to sit here in the sunshine yeah. and watch him play. <laughs> yeah, like I, <laughs> I am so high on life right now. Like this yeah. is amazing. And mm-hmm. the guy next to me is super bummed because the other guy forgot the beer. Yeah. And I just, I remember that. I remember yeah. feeling like life really wasn't like complete that. if mm-hmm. I didn't have a drink. And like yeah. to take that out and just be able to find completeness in what was happening. Oh man, I was just like so. It was such an it was such an interesting experience, and it opened my eyes to the fact that this this kids in sports thing. I mean, we're just starting, and it's gonna be. And I mean, then I talked to a friend about it, and she's like, "Oh yeah, like we play football, and everybody brings booze to the sidelines, and it's not allowed. It's not legal. No, no, at the the sidelines. It is every water bottle. Yes, you know what I mean. And I'm like." wow and then we're all driving our kids you know and uh-huh. oh it's so intense it's mm-hmm. so intense i i anyway i just wanted to highlight on that because that this summer was my first summer with it and i was like wow
1: yeah it's a whole nother where i call it an underground world like au and jo and all those sport like that's where it's called here where we live but it's the same everywhere i think it's nuts
0: yeah um, and then there's another thing you said that i i would love to chat through because you know, I get this question a lot, especially when you, when you get curious about sobriety and you start following everybody on Instagram and you start Mm -hmm. hearing. And I mean, people, when people are a few months, a few years in, yeah, people are pretty stoked. Like there's like nobody (laughs) People made the decision for like, they're pretty happy. They're pretty high on life. They're like in a good place. So you're new and you're reading these things and you imagine, okay, I'm gonna stop drinking and tomorrow I'm gonna wake up and it's gonna be sunshine and rainbows and off I go into the sunset and it doesn't happen. So yeah, yeah, talk through that a little bit. Well, I guess
1: like in the beginning I was like, yeah, I thought it was gonna be sunshine and rainbows and I was like, why am I doing this? Like, I feel like shit like this, sorry, am I allowed to swear?
0: Oh yeah, of course. I put explicit on everyone because okay, I never know I what's swear going on. I know
1: <laughs> that's how we say that about our podcast too, because we drop like F-bombs and okay. So, um, I feel terrible, you know, I, I feel terrible and I'm sleeping terrible. And, um, in the beginning it was more, um, I, like I said I still went out with all the friends but you know so that that didn't really bother me but even into this summer I remember thinking on my birthday I just had again my husband was off with one of my daughters at a basketball tournament for like a week and I was home alone on my birthday thinking if I still drank I would have friends around me right now like right now I don't like why did I stop doing this you know and um so It was more so like, why am I not sleeping well? Like I thought, oh, the reason I slept terrible before was because I woke up in the middle of the night because like you said, the sugar wears off and then you have that uninterrupted sleep. Um, My workouts, like they were the same. Like it wasn't like I was running faster or lifting more weight or anything like that. So I was really thinking, why am I doing this? And I think in the back of my mind, I, I read things and I listened to podcasts where everybody kept saying, oh, it takes time, it takes time. So I was kind of... Felt like, okay, I'm going to give it some more time, obviously, because it's day two or five or six, you know, month three. But by month three, I would say is really when I got frustrated, frustrated, like, why is this not clicking? And then it kind of turned into that time where things started clicking. The other thing that made a huge difference was, um, like, like I said, kind of that elevator pitch. I was super uncomfortable in the beginning, like, talking to people about it. You know, and saying, "Oh, I feel terrible," or "Oh, you know," because, like, I don't want to give it
0: a bad name, right?
1: Right, and (laughs) I don't want my friends to be like, "Oh, well, then you should stop doing it." You know what I mean? The ones that still are drinking that I'm still hanging out with, you know, then they're gonna be like, "Well, that's why you should just drink." You know, even though I'm not, I'm not saying they weren't supportive because they were very supportive, but they're still like, "Well, then you should just drink. Why are you not drinking?" You know, and and I didn't want so it wasn't like I could talk to anybody about it and feel comfortable talking about it. So again, I listened to podcasts, read books, um, and blogged and blogged and podcasted about it on our, on my own end. But the thing I think when I got the most comfortable was when I got that, that elevator pitch, like when I could confidently communicate a why I stopped and without saying I'm an alcoholic or ever, you know, because everybody says, Oh, what happened? Like, Oh, you got a DUI. Oh, you got you know, and I'm yeah. like, no, I don't, no, nothing happened, so when I could, when I could confidently communicate that just the bad outweighed the good, and I just did, that was the end of it, I, I'm i done doing it, then I, I think it improved, because I felt more confident in myself, and more confident in my decision, and more confident, sleep, though, I think is always going to be rough, I don't think, that, I don't know if that'll ever change, and the anxiety, oh, I don't know if that'll change either, <laughs> well,
0: and that's the thing, is that, like, what happens is we, um, so we see sleep in a different way, right? Because instead of we can, when we're drinking, we can fall asleep really easily, almost instantaneously because we're really passing out because alcohol is just shutting down our brain. I mean, I, <clears throat> it's amazing that, I mean, I do have a lot of dental work, but it's amazing that my teeth aren't worse than they are because I had a glass of wine by my bed and I would fall asleep, um, you know, having that wine, I I didn't get up and brush my teeth after that. Like it was reading glass of wine and then waking up in the morning, empty glass of wine. Like there was not a, you know, um, and I think I'd brushed my teeth before, but then I poured one more, like who knows? And that couldn't have tasted good by the way. (laughs) Or I wasn't brushing my teeth at all, which is even worse. So either way it was disgusting. Let's just be honest. Um, But then then it was so easy to fall asleep but then i was inevitably up in the middle of the night like inevitably right um and so anyway there is this uh william porter has this book called alcohol explained which has this chapter on sleep that is just so so good so if you haven't read it yet um you should and on William, william porter And I actually interview him um, in one of my programs, the free program, Alcohol Experiment, which you should just go through it because it's just awesome. But like, basically it's every day is a video, either an interview or just a video from me in an email. And um, it's at Mm alcoholexperiment.com. And it's just like totally free program. But he does an interview on sleep that like, it will make it make sense to the point that you will not at all feel like, like you will know in your heart and I bet you'll start sleeping better. So anyways. that's on sleep. Oh, but then the anxiety one, um, again, it's this thing that we expect it to be amazing. And you know, neurochemically, alcohol increases our anxiety. So mm-hmm. then we say, okay, well, why are we still anxious? Well, guess what? Like, we have a thinking problem that we have to get to mm-hmm. the bottom of in a big way. And then some people are literally, like me, masking very serious depression or anxiety or panic yeah. attacks and stuff. And so then when you don't have that switch to switch off those feelings and you have to sit with them, even though overall, and science shows overall, your physical anxiety levels are lower, Your the actual cortisol in your body lowers, you know, so, so overall, but mentally and emotionally, you're feeling it more because you're not turning off the ability to feel it. And right. so, even though like you are experiencing this anxiety, it doesn't feel like it. It feels like you're experiencing more anxiety. And um, I guess my best my best anxiety book, the thing that has gotten me through, um, <clears throat> is Byron Katie's "Loving What Is." So that that right. book for me, yeah, it's just just so good. It's just this practical way because. Um, you know, and there's different, different opinions, like do, do thoughts precede feelings or do feelings precede thoughts? Or is it, and I kind of have the theory that like, we have these subconscious thoughts that are running on a circuit and they precede the feelings, but then we have to dig back in and say, what were those thoughts and kind of bring them out. And then when we bring them out and deal with them, then they really kind of let us go. And she just has this very simple method of like handling your thoughts. And I, I mean, it's, it's awesome. Like that book is so good, but I do think, you know, all that to say, like, this what you're talking about is just so so typical where people are you know we expect because what we've seen and because right now your story i'm sure if anybody talks to you your big huge grin you're you're nine months in life is amazing and they would have the same expectation they would be like okay if i stop drinking tomorrow it's going to be unreal and amazing and i think that you know just letting people know that like there is that adjustment time and sometimes Um, If there's something actually serious going on, whether it's like a serious sleep issue or a serious depression issue, it surfaces. And, you know, the only way, like, really understanding that, like, alcohol is not the answer, but it is a gift to have to deal with the thing, because dealing with the thing helps you get through the thing. Yeah.
1: And that's the hardest part, like, dealing, like, you have to feel all those emotions, like, you know, going through that, you have to get it out you have to feel it like they, everyone yeah. always tells you that and you're like no 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 you know <laughs> like right. if someone would have told me that a year ago I'd be like no no therapist no talking through this you know and now it's it's what it's what cures it. Yeah I'm yeah, a big yeah. yeah believer in that now.
0: Yeah I know and it takes that but it's it's the coolest thing and um I forget who it was. There's this book called The One Thing and it's just about like how it, it's amazing analogy actually if you take a domino this small and then you like increase the size of it by 50% mm-hmm. that tiny domino can get enough force to knock over a domino that would reach the moon physically mm-hmm. like so within a physic like in physics wow. and um and so you're yeah it's it's phenomenal like that's just a crazy thing but like yeah. the 56 domino is as tall as the empire state building and then it just like ex- exponentially but that first knock can get enough power to just keep going. Yeah. Anyway, alcohol is that first domino. Yeah, it, it absolutely is that first domino, and over and over and over again. You know, I hear stories of people, um, you know, especially like entrepreneurs who their entire business took off, or they quit their job and they started this business, or people who just got like this incredible fitness and stuff. But mm-hmm. it's only that first domino if you don't stop the momentum by saying, "Oh, wait." do I need to go back there? You know, there's a, there's a reason on January 1st, you said yeah. this, is, this is done, right? Uh-huh. And so those thoughts about like, well, wait, was it better? You know, like we're just not, as human beings, I don't believe we are designed to move backwards. I think it is very uncomfortable for us to Mm -hmm. even contemplate it and to move backwards. It feels the opposite of growth. It feels the opposite of progression. And so when we say, okay, no, and then we move forward and we go through some of those more difficult things. I mean, the things that start opening up in your life are so beyond your expectations because I was like, okay, I'm going to stop drinking. That's going to be cool. I had no idea I was going to write a book, you know, no idea that that would end up becoming like, I've just been asked to speak to, Panel of two hundred judges as the um, alcohol expert in Mississippi, so like that's insane. That's insane. Like where yeah. that are like, I'm right? an expert. <laughs> you know, how is that possible? I like, just like my God. mom. Yeah. yeah, I know. I just was drinking too much. Like right. that, that's that's my claim to fame. Yeah. Um, so. Anyway, but it is incredible, but you're right. You have to go through it. And then to see the progression of momentum of things that kind of pick up and that's just like over and over. But in those first early days, you know, you're, you know, you're out of your, out of your comfort zone. It, things are different and you're feeling things that you have turned off your feelings for probably as long as you can remember.
1: Yeah it's funny you say that don't look back because I have a mentor that had said that even when I was drinking and I remember thinking when I heard that I mean everybody hears that don't ever look back right and it just is kind of one of those things that you don't ever think about um, and when I heard that from them I was like oh like you're right. Like, I'm not going to look back. Like even on this and, and right now um, just going through hard things. Like right now I'm going through a hard thing and I keep thinking to myself, I kind of like take myself out of it to try to get like a level set on what's happening. Like, I can't control that. So I have to like kind of like look at it from a 10,000 foot view and don't look back behind it because you have to get through it where I think when you're drinking, it's just so much easier to stay in that spot. Like yeah. you just get stuck in that cement because, and I don't, again, I don't mean it in a bad way with friendships, but the front, that's what they're doing, you know, so they're staying in that spot, so if you continue to surround yourself in cement, you're going to get molded in cement, you know, if you're, if you're staying in cement, it's going to dry, you know, and you're not going to move forward, and so um, I've really been trying to focus on that not looking back piece of it, That's and and like you said, and like you're saying with the friendship, um, it's hard to, shed, because I don't want to shed those friendships, but it's hard to know that you're evolving through them and you're moving forward and you're trying to do something different for whatever reason. But it generally, like when I quit drinking, it was all 100% me it had nothing to do with my, you know, my great, amazing, fun, awesome friends, but, um, turning around to try to say to them, it's not about you. This it has nothing to do with you. You know, where right. they're like, well, why would you do that? Like, what would you, what, what are you going to do when we go do this? And what are you going to do? Oh, well, but you're not drinking. So you can't go on a cruise with us because we get the drink package, you know, and things like that, where I'm like, okay, listen, it's not, this has nothing to do with you because people start to look at themselves. I get that and judge or think about what they're doing. And I understand that like pops in their heads, but there were so many conversations where I was like, please, like really, I'm just trying to get through my day. Like this has nothing to do with you. And, and, I love you, but I don't love you that much that I would change. You know,
0: (laughs) right? Well, that's That's huge, and I think it is. It's so important, and I think that like, uh, it's it is. It's so threatening. I remember when my first friend stopped drinking. I instantly thought about me. It was like a mirror. Because the thing that's happening inside my mind at 3 a.m., it's happening inside your mind at 3 a.m., and her mind at 3 a.m., her mind at, like, we're all in that. And so, and I think the scariest part, the reason that it's so intense for people when their friends stop drinking, and why we should just have so much compassion and be as gentle as possible, and not be preachy about it, is because not only is it bringing up this mirror, but it's a mirror that they have, I guarantee asked themselves hundreds of times, should I be doing this? And every (laughs) time they've come to, but I don't think it's possible. I don't know how. So it's not only that you're stuck in concrete, it's that you have no tools to get out of it. You're so <laughs> it's that the only tool that you've ever been shown to get out of it involves literally abandoning life as, as you know it. And, you know, I mean, I know for me when I was thinking about it, um, and I think, you know, AA has its place and it, it can be yeah. a program. But for me, when I was thinking about this and I had two young boys at home, you know, two and four years old, and I was like 90, minute, 90 meetings in 90 days, I cannot even make it to feed my kids dinner. Mm -hmm. with my job and like there's no possible way so I I just could not physically do it even if I wanted to do it I couldn't physically do it so I felt so stuck that you know it's not as if it's not like something where someone gives up coffee and you're like yeah I could do that you know that's interesting oh but I've decided I don't want to it's like I you don't feel like you can you know and so like the the feeling of the only choice to you is to double down on what you're doing because you don't see another option, and so that doubling down feels to you like the pressure, the the you know because they have to double down on their own decision because there isn't another option because they feel so stuck, you know. And that's, um, I don't know, I, I do I see that we will have a world though, you know, in the near near or future. I already see it changing just in the three or four years that I've been doing this, but um, where it really does become Okay, to talk about this, you know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah, I agree, and I feel like it's a trend. Not like, it sounds terrible. Like, it's trendy or it's the thing to do because you know you don't you want it to stick, <laughs> you know, and be that way forever. <laughs> I don't, like, I'm I'm not in a trend, but um, I feel like it, Like you said, like the the conversations are there, which is awareness is there. I think a lot more. Um, and just with like the social media outlets, like you know, seeing those things when you have like all that mommy, you know, mommy happy hour, mommy all that ridiculousness, now that people are calling that attention to it, um, you look at it in a different light. And, and we talk about like that. So the company I work for, this amazing place I'm sitting in, which I love, but it's a it's a company. And you know, you were in Mark. I mean, that's like the culture in big companies. Like the, the Christmas parties are like, you know, rages, you know, <laughs> and every event is there's some sort of drinking component to it. And you don't start to look at those things until you're not Till you're retired from drinking in a different light. So, you know, one day I just happened to be walking down the steps and someone was wearing one of those shirts that said, like, kiss me, I'm drunk, or something like that. And I was like, oh, like, that's so gross. Where for the past, you know, 44 years, I've been reading those shirts to get, oh, that's kind of funny, you know. And mm. now I'm like, what happened? Like, my, how did my whole mind switch like that? Like, where I'm like, God, that's gross. Or now when I see the mommy things, like, there's wine in this water bottle or whatever the case may be you know I'm always like that's so that's just dumb like that's annoying you know (laughs) (laughs) like I don't care what's in your water bottle I don't care if it's Gatorade you know like right (laughs) so it's funny how your mind shift changes but I like I said I think there's more awareness to all that where I think it's almost like the thing not the thing to do but more trendy now or more awareness to call that kind of stuff out which makes it easier and better conversations, you know, podcasts, you know, things like that just makes it more, more tools in the to get you out of that cement, <laughs> more yeah. tools available to get you moving forward.
0: Yeah, because we wouldn't be so afraid of the conversation or so afraid of our friends drinking if we didn't, if we did, if we had hope that it could easily be different, right? Right. Um, right. That's so cool. So, and like here,
1: where I grew up, like you, like, you know, in high school, I don't know, like the, my age bracket in high school, if someone drank, you got shipped off to rehab. Like that was the, that was the end of it. You were going to, a, you know, you were getting checked in where now, like you said, there's tools, there's AA, which, or there's just people. And there's so many tools and podcasts and books and events that, you know, that are out there that you have so many more options to move forward now where you didn't have. The
0: yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: That's
0: the end of my rant on that. <laughs> no, but it's a hundred percent true. Um, so, two questions for you to finish yeah. up. And the first one is your blog and your podcast. Where can where can people find you?
1: The podcast is Drunk Mom, Sober Mom, and um, it is on iTunes and um, WordPress. All that you can link to it from my blog. So, or my so if you go to elizabeth simoncom it's all there. Yeah.
0: Okay. Cool. Yeah. But
1: if you search Drunk Mom, Sober Mom, it comes up.
0: Vacation, ...internet down, back on, on my cell phone. So <laughs> okay. anyway, but uh, so the the last question is, if you were going to go back and talk to Liz, who was, you know, kind of waking up in the middle of the night and uh-huh. tell her about what, you know, what life is like now and just tell her, give her some encouragement, give her some advice, what would you say?
1: Um, to stop being scared that it's not is crazy as you think it's going to be hard it's hard but it you're going to be able to get through it and it's going to be fine and it's not you you're making this a bigger deal in your head than it really is in actuality get out of your own head
0: yeah yeah Yeah. so true and stay retired
1: don't stay retired
0: yeah don't look back don't go backwards nobody goes back to work after they retire right 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 right, (laughs) yeah yeah um That's so cool. Well, thank you so much, Liz. Sorry about the technical difficulties. Oh, no
1: problem. (laughs) I felt bad. I was hanging out in there. I'm like, oh, do I click it off? (laughs) Yeah.
0: And I couldn't even get in touch with you. I had to like, yeah, anyway. But I really, I really appreciate it. So thank you so, so much. This has been Annie Grace with This Naked Mind Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can learn more at thisnakedmind.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps us spread the word.